is up, everybody, and welcome to Tailgate Talks, powered by the nation. Today is August 8th, and this is episode 192. It is wedding week here at Wedding Tailgate week! Talks. Your boy getting married on Saturday, so this will be our last episode uh, for a little bit, as uh, I'll be honeymooning soon. So uh, we'll be back after that to you know talk more Texas Tech football, get ramped up for that, but... Uh, and obviously we'll be uh, a married man at that point. So we're excited. Dustin's got best man duties uh, this weekend. So it'll be Speech a, is ready. It'll be a tailgate talks uh, tailgate for the century uh, coming up. So we're excited for that. Uh, we're excited for this episode this week. We got more conference realignment to discuss more teams going to different conferences. So we'll discuss all that. And then Texas Tech football is getting close. The Red Raiders are ranked, and we're going to do some best-case, worst-case scenarios as we usually do before the season. So all that to get into and to catch everything we're doing here at Tailgate Talks. Please give us a follow. Follow us on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. Give us those five-star ratings, five stars for the Tailgate. And if you listen to us on Apple, you can always leave us a review. Uh, We also are on social media. You can follow us on Twitter or X or whatever it is called nowadays at tailgate underscore talk. Call it Twitter forever. Yeah, just still going to call it Twitter. Um, But yeah, we're on that app at tailgate underscore talks where we do most of our posting. So give us a follow there. But we also have Facebook. We also have Instagram. And we have a YouTube channel that will be getting going as football season draws near. So give that a follow. And lastly, you have any comments, questions, anything you want us to discuss on the tailgate, you can always email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So with all that said, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. We're going to start this thing off right. All right, Dustin. Well, one of the topics that we were getting tired of in the summer was conference realignment because it was all talk and nothing was happening. It was just a bunch of people arguing about TV numbers and it was getting kind of boring. Well, all of a sudden, the last two weeks, uh, conference realignment talks have actually uh, intensified. And well, multiple teams are moving to different conferences. The Big 12 has gone from 10 teams to 14 teams, to 12 teams, to 13 teams, now to 16 teams. A lot of movement in the Big 12 Conference. Ultimately, last week, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah all jump ship from the Pac-12, the sinking ship that that conference was, and joined the Big 12 Conference. So, Dustin, the timeline on things was crazy. It seemed like Thursday night, Arizona to the Big 12 was a done deal. seemed like Oregon and Washington were going to the Big 10. And all of a sudden, Friday morning, there was a tweet saying that, uh uh-oh, maybe the Pac-12 has figured something out. The Pac-9 has figured something out, and things might be trending to where they're going to stay together. And then everything fell apart within about a couple hours of that. Oregon, Washington leaving the conference, and then Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah fall through. So a lot was going on last week. How did you process all of that that was going on and the chaos that was college uh, conference realignment? Yeah, Thursday and Friday were a whirlwind of days for every fan base out there, especially Big 12, Pac-12. Yep. 
even ACC got thrown in there a little bit. Yeah. So I had to wear my Big 12 champ shirt, represent represent for the Big 12 here. But, wow, what a whirlwind of, of Friday it was. We thought, you know, Colorado's coming. All right, good, done, done deal. Yeah. What's the pack going to do? Obviously nothing. <laughs> yeah. Because nobody wants their games on TV apparently. Um, Dill couldn't present a deal. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's tough. I mean, that's what it can, comes down to at this point is people want to watch your games. And at that point, time slots are just filled, you know? Yeah. And no one wants to watch games at 10 o'clock and 12 o'clock midnight. And you also have some brands out there that aren't desirable and you can blame whoever you want for that. I mean, I'd blame your fan base first for not making your program a little more successful over the last few years. But I like the additions the Big 12 made. Um, I think those four corner schools, including Colorado, that we already knew was coming, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah. Um, we were in BYU this year already. But um, I think those fit really good and naturally. Yeah, I mean, they're still, you know, Southwest, a little bit of regional action, especially towards us. Puts us right here. in the center of things kind of now. Yeah, Lubbock is the center of the Big 12. Everything runs through Lubbock. <laughs> yep. Joey McGuire predicted this. Uh, so I like that. Um, I loved bringing Arizona on when that was rumoring around. I was indifferent about the Arizona State-Utah ads yeah. uh, at the time. I like they're there. If they wouldn't have came, I wouldn't have felt any different either. I like the Utah BYU rivalry getting linked up, yeah. you know, kind of by accident. They didn't make it happen. The Big 12 made it happen. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. We're bringing in a big rivalry into the into the fold. And I mean, hell now we span three time zones with UCF all the way over. Yeah. Was Utah and Arizona State and Colorado and that that mountain conference that mountain time zone. So, yep. man, it's it's crazy. Um, I'll just stick on the Big Twelve for now and let you talk on that, and then we can go Washington, Big Ten, all that yeah. next. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, it's just uh, you know you can see a lot of Big Twelve fans, especially like the hateful eight, as we are kind of known now, taking a victory lap once these schools got added. And the Pac-12 was officially sunk because now it's down to four teams. And while you kind <laughs> yeah. of feel while you kind of feel bad for the four, and maybe more so, I feel bad for Oregon State and Washington State, not so much Stanford and Cal, because I feel like they're just kind of arrogant and not really. Uh, I agree with that, and, and don't really seem to care all that much <laughs> that they're kind of getting left out of this thing. But uh, I, I do feel bad for them. I just, I'm just excited that this conference surviving and this conference has legitimately put itself up there with the yes. likes of the Big Ten and the SEC. And this was something that seemed unfeasible just two years ago. Like I, I really oh, yeah. was scared for Texas Tech, the Big Twelve, what we were going to do, where we're going to get left out of the future. And now that future seems way more possible um, yes. as long as these conferences keep just plucking from other conferences that aren't ours I'm, I'm happy with it yeah and now you've put yourself in a position where once that it seems like the acc is probably going to collapse at some point um you can go shopping over there too and add some teams from the east coast to your conference yeah. and really just kind of just keep adding more powerful schools to your conference and ultimately that's why i'm excited is we survived <laughs> yes and yeah i heard 
you know, some discussions from other pods or radio stuff, like did, I can't remember how it's phrased, but something like, did the big 12 win out of all this? I'm like, well, hell yeah, they didn't die. Yeah. They added, they didn't die. They survived. They honestly put themselves, yeah, above the ACC and solidified basically that third spot. And I'm totally okay with that. I mean, so yeah, yeah, you definitely won out of all this conference realignment. You added teams. You didn't have to get crazy with your alignment either. I don't think. Like, you yeah. Still... Yeah, it's not as ridiculous seeing Arizona State playing, right. you know, the these Big 12 schools as ridiculous as it is to see USC playing Rutgers. Oh, like, yeah. Like the Big 10, like I get why they did it. Uh, you're adding California, the most populous state in America, to yep. your footprint. So there's the obvious yeah. reasons for that. But uh, it still makes sense geographically wise to the Big 12. Now there's still some outliers like West Virginia and UCF. But ultimately, sure. like what you've done is you've got some staying power here. You yeah, probably, totally. I, I think from top to bottom, you're the most fun conference by yeah, far. Yeah, that's exactly like, right. That's where I really like this is uh, I was listening to Talking Tech and they were talking about how they were hearing somebody else saying that this is a bunch of like B schools, but there are a bunch of schools that are competing really, really hard. Like there's nobody in this conference. That's like, like Vanderbilt, you know, everybody's trying. There's going to be a lot of teams that have some time at the top. And then there's going to be teams that they're going to fall down and other teams are going to rise up. And that's what I love about the future of this conference is it just, it feels like every single year there can be a new team. And yeah. while like for a while there was just Oklahoma in football and while for, uh, you know, Kansas just in basketball, I feel like there's more depth and there's more possibilities now with all these teams. Basketball is going to be even more of a juggernaut. Yeah. Adding um, Arizona to basketball. Like, yeah. I mean, and Baylor so, was getting their foot in the door, mm-hmm. challenging Kansas a lot the last handful of 10 years or so. Houston but now Ari- is up there too. Arizona is going to be yeah. right there on that pedestal right below Kansas with, with, uh, Baylor. Yeah. Houston's yeah. no slouch either, but yeah, I like adding Arizona for basketball because now Kansas can't be like, Oh, this is our conference. So Arizona, Arizona's gonna have a lot to say about that for yeah, it's real quick. Be, it's going to be fun to watch all those games, football, baseball. It's, <clears throat> it's definitely a very intriguing conference. I definitely think it's the most conference top to bottom wise and just about all these sports, uh, might not be the top tier teams that the SEC yeah. and the Big Ten can provide, but you really have no no slackers. You know, you're going to have to play every single time you go to one of these schools because they yep. they're all kind of on the same level as you. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's definitely fun to add these schools fan base wise, Dustin. Um, <laughs> we've kind of gotten to know some of these fan bases quickly since their uh, joining of the conference. Uh, how do you feel about uh, some of the, the stuff we've seen on Twitter recently? Uh, it seems like oh, to, to me, it's Utah's that they're at the bottom of like, all right, get yeah, out of here. Here's already. the deal. Already annoying. Arizona here's... State's kind of been annoying. Arizona and Colorado so far have seemed, seemed decent. Uh, yeah. I don't even know if I've I seen can... a Colorado person no. tweet. <laughs> I don't and know I if mean, they exist. I think Arizona State fan wise is going to fit right in. I mean, we had a great time over there yeah. for that game. They fit in, you know, with a school like us in West Virginia and those likes, you know. Um, yeah, Utah, listen, y'all got to chill out on Twitter. You don't know what you're getting into. Yeah. Fighting with tech fans, Cyclone Larry. like Everybody, they're fighting with everybody. 
you don't know what you're getting into. You you just got from the Mountain West to the Big Pac-12 a few years ago. Be lucky you're here, and then let your let your play speak for it itself. Don't start running your mouth before you even play it down in the Big 12 yet, because yeah, like we've seen like, and we know we've had many a segments on Texas Tech Twitter that we are you know like a bunch of hounds and we'll you know hyenas and we'll just we'll get at you collapse on you and never let you hear the end of it and come at you at every angle and never listen to you either so like just chill out all right just chill they've already slingshotted to like maybe my least favorite fan base on twitter already just because they think they're just gonna walk in and dominate this conference of football i'm like cool you won two pac-12 championships in a row the pac-12 doesn't even exist anymore now like that's not saying much like the big 12 uh we just had a team play for the national championship like this isn't a slouch of a conference and so i think they're being disrespectful coming in here thinking that they're just gonna walk away with this conference it's not so fast my friends like it's gonna be it's gonna be a struggle for you and like a key part of the schedule is that that week two for us where we're playing oregon a pac-12 school currently baylor is playing utah and that could be a huge Ooh, win right. for Baylor just to put those fans on their ass. And that, like, like I don't cheer for Baylor, but I'll be cheering for Baylor to, to beat And, and here's the other week. thing they don't realize is the Big 12 is not solely focused on football on Twitter. Yeah. Fan base-wise. We care yeah, about all three major men's sports. Yeah. Like, if you show up to basketball and get dead last and get zero wins, we will let you hear it we and never hear the end of it. Yeah. And rub that in your face. And you can rub your whatever score was you got in football, but if your basketball and baseball programs suck, we're going to let you hear it and never yeah. quit. <laughs> yep, exactly. And so uh, ultimately excited for these additions. Obviously, the Big yeah. 12 gets to keep on keeping on. Uh, it's going to be a very fun conference to watch. Uh, excited for. 2024 to get here you know we got this one year with the new four schools and then we'll have four new schools in the next year so a lot of new fan bases that we'll have to uh we'll you know we'll try to reach out to some podcasts maybe next year sometime and and over the summer and try to get familiar with these guys we're familiar with arizona state me and dustin took the trip out to tempe one of our favorite sports trips uh you know that came with a loss unfortunately but we had a great time out in tempe so uh, looking forward to getting back there. Uh, I've been to Boulder a few times for tech games. So, you know, excited about the opportunity to get back out there. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know if I'll ever make Utah, but Tucson sounds like a good time. So, yeah, uh, excited for that. The other part of conference realignment was the Big Ten adding on. They added Oregon and Washington uh, after, you know, Colorado left. There was talks that Oregon and Washington were trying to figure out where they were going to go. Big 12 seemed like an option, but they ultimately realized the Big 10 was going to be there. What's kind of weird to me is they're taking less money to go to the Big 10 for several years. They kind of took a, the shit into this contract. They're starting off at like $30 million, which is $10 million yeah. less than they would have made uh, if they came to the Big 12. And then they're adding on a million by year until they catch up, which the Big 10... Huh is at like that 50 million. So they took a huge Jesus. discount to go yeah, to I mean, the big 10, but ultimately, you know, it, it's about being part of the big three, I think conferences now. Yeah. I mean, they were, their hands are kind of tied. They were a little bit screwed in the fact that 
those other teams were leaving to come to the Big 12, and they were left, you know, yeah, sitting there with Oregon State, Washington State, Stanford, Cal, and it's, you know, Oregon and Washington, who they matter a lot in football, especially the Pacific Coast football. Um, Oregon just a big brand in general yeah. with Nike and Phil Knight's money. And Washington's been good for quite a few years. I think their hands were kind of tied. They needed to move and not try to help keep the pack whatever afloat because the deals were going to suck and they were going to not lose money but not make what they could have. Even this yeah. somewhat deal they had with yeah, the big still more. more than still more, still way more than what they were going to get with Apple or whatever they figured out. And I mean, it's, yep. it sucks that you know the travel is going to be a bitch, but. Like I said, yeah, their their hands are tied. They couldn't really do anything. And I mean, the Big Ten, especially with that kind of deal, they're kind of like, sure, why not? Two yeah. more big names and security, good matchups and security. Yeah, I mean, definitely solidified yourself as one of the best two conferences by far. Yeah, I think it was a necessary move for them. The pack wasn't ever going to be that deal anymore. Um, losing USC and UCLA was the kind of the nail in the coffin for this conference i think and you know it's unfortunate but it's all about money and it's all about the tv networks and they kind of control the game now and it, it's it has nothing to do with the ncaa yeah. or anything like that they're leaving all the other sports in the wayside you know you see some softball players and players who are doing the other sports complaining about the travel and i totally get that like that that blows to have to go to freaking Rutgers to play a series Sure. on a weekend and then come back, go to school and then maybe have to travel back to freaking Maryland or something like that. Like, like nobody else asked for this. It's football that controls all this stuff, basketball in part as well, but football is the moneymaker and football keeps these programs uh, around. And without those deals, like softball kind of probably might've gone to the wayside. If the PAC 12 got these crappy $20 million deals, like they're already like UCLA was already broke. They had to make the move because they needed the money um or they were gonna have to start cutting programs and so you're starting to see this stuff kind of happen in all these conferences and they're like well here's the money football brings it in these these contracts with espn or uh, cbs or fox or whoever is running them they're worth it for the entire school because football gets so much money that you can extend that money to the other other programs and keep yeah. them surviving and so it's just unfortunate that it's the, it's the TV and the football that controls it all, but it is sure. the world we live in nowadays. And so I get um, why people are frustrated by it, but yeah, my last thing on that, I have a crazy idea that kind of ties in with that. I tweeted it out. I don't know if you saw it, but I think what would be the best model for everybody is if we were able to keep these regional conferences for the non-major sports, but then like, your football, maybe even your basketball, basketball probably a little more regional, but football especially, should go to like a soccer, European soccer type situation. Yeah, right. right. And have 40, Relegation. I don't know, make whatever number. I just have 40 in my head, but like 40 in D1. And you, boom, generate a schedule, knock it out. 40 in D2, you'll have a playoff for D1, D2. You'll have relegation from D1 if you suck. You can get promoted from yeah. D2 to D1 and have the chance to get – and all those 40 teams get the same money. And all the 40 teams in D2 get the same money. And it's kind of like the European soccer model here, whether you like it or not. But, like, it just makes sense to kind of do some pods with that, do it World Cup style every year, you know, win your pod, move on. <laughs> and then yeah. play a tournament from there. Because, like, 
like you said, the money's all in the in football and TV. It's not in the conferences and everything else sports wise. Yeah. Like we need and that's part of the problem is NCAA has no control over this and there's no governing yeah. type body over all this. So it's just a what football needs to do is just break away, just become yeah. its own and thing. And that's basically become, what I'm saying is yeah, we just yeah. need football to do their own thing with TV, yeah, as college football, CFB and try a different model that's what, of stuff. That's what former ESPN president John Skipper thought was going to happen as soon as he saw Texas and Oklahoma go to the SEC. It was like it's going to become like yeah. just super conferences. They're going to do their own thing. It's going to be like sixty to seventy teams uh, in that alone, and they yeah. will, they will play, and there will be their own national championship. And then in basketball, his first thought was like, there's going to be four sixteen teams, four sixteen team conferences. Doesn't look like that's going to be the case anymore, but I mean, maybe it all consolidates into three conferences and then we just are our own entity now in football yeah. and basketball. And then maybe you can do the other sports kind of regionally, but you know, that's yeah, kind and of I think how that would work the best in. because then yeah. you don't have the travel issues, yeah. for those squads that don't make money. And then you have your saving there, mental health. That's been a big issue with brought up with yeah. this, which I agree with, but you're also saving your institution a lot of travel money <laughs> by staying in the state or close by like i just 100%. think yeah it, yeah it needs to break off and be different because the money would be distributed almost the same like texas tech would still get the same amount of money athletic wise to disperse and be yeah. able to run volleyball and softball and tennis you know like yeah because espn wants the inventory that's what they espn yeah. fox they want to inventory they want to be able to show the games they'll still be able to show the games but there's got to be there's got to be a better way to do this i think yeah. it's getting closer and closer to that especially as these schools get more and more power um as things continue to change in college sports it it seems like it's all trending that direction at some point i don't know when it'll hit there but i definitely think something like because football is such a power over everything like sure. it, it's it, it can't control all of the sports it can't control softball and all that yeah. stuff <laughs> yeah like it, it needs to be its own yeah, entity i agree um and so anyway we'll see kind of how it all plays out but it seems like right now the acc is kind of on watch as clemson and florida state you know might be wanting to jump ship to the sec which i've heard doesn't make actual sense for the sec other than the brand power because they already have those states they already have a florida school they already have a south carolina school all that's going to do really is just add more schools to the pot to split around. So yeah, um, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, we've got some Texas Tech football stuff to discuss. So let's go over to the gridiron and talk a little bit of Joy McGuire and this Texas Tech football team. Somebody turn on some damn Well, the coaches poll came out yesterday and uh, the Red Raiders were a part of the preseason coaches poll for the first time since I think 2008. Let's go. Uh, a, a poll that Texas Tech has just not been even close to in recent years. And well, we are ranked number 24 in the coaches poll. So that's exciting. Uh, lots of stuff, you know, lots of preseason hype culminating here. Uh, Dustin, your thoughts on the Red Raiders entry into the preseason coaches bowl. 
Yeah, I'm very excited. You're correct. It's first time since 2008. Yeah, it's been 15 years since we've been preseason ranked. Now, we talk a lot and shit on preseason rankings. Yes. But we are still happy to be there. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just to define that for everybody. That... What we what we really talk shit on that is the people who overreact to that yeah. ranking. Like whether you're 24 and being like, oh, man, what the hell? Or being left out of this and getting mad. Like we I do like... Know. But yeah. I do like that we're one spot ahead of AM. Yes, me too. That's kind of funny. You can poke poke them a little bit, but yeah, don't don't get too high up into this. And let's let's get a couple games in and then really yeah. see how, how we feel about this team and how good we can be. Are we twenty fourth? Are we tenth? Are we fiftieth? Yeah. You know, let's you know love like it while you're here, but don't don't put too much stock in it. Yeah, don't put, don't overreact. Remember, no. keep those reactions sane. That's what we try to do here at Tailgate Talks. But like, it yeah. is nice to be in the conversation. It is nice to kind of have your yeah. thoughts on this program validated. That's always really like the interesting thing. The only time I ever get upset at a at a poll or a ranking or something like that is when you can tell that we're better or worse sometimes than what that ranking or what that prediction shows. And so I think a lot of us think we're in that 20 to 25 range. And so yeah. to show up there at 24 yeah. wasn't a surprise to me, um, but it's still nice to see it. And, and hopefully you can take that and build off of it and start off the season good. Because I, I would like to go back and see our record when we have been ranked over the last, you know, what, since 2008. It just seems like every time we were ranked in the cliff era or, you know, we never touched it with Wells. Um, but we would get ranked and then we would immediately get our ass kicked and get kicked out of the pool. Yeah, with, with Cliff, I know we got into like the teens that one time. Yeah. Because we were like 7-0 and and then we really fell off from there. But most time we were flirting with the 22 range, you know. Yeah, it'd be like one week entry and, and then didn't lose. didn't do much with it. Yeah, you're totally right there. Yeah, so <laughs> I hope we have some staying power this time and actually, you know, earn that ranking and, and get a creep up in those polls. Uh, some other Texas Tech news. Zach Thomas, former Red Raider and Miami Dolphin great, was officially inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame this past weekend. Had his open, he had his speech, got his jacket, got the whole uh, parade and everything that comes with getting inducted into Canton. Uh, just your quick thoughts on having a Red Raider in Canton for the first time. Yeah, that's our first Red Raider in the Hall of Fame. Um, I like that he recognized recognized that recognized mm-hmm. Texas Tech and Spike Dykes for everything he's done there. It took took too long for him to get there. You'll hear that yeah. from everybody in the NFL and and whatnot. And so, really, really happy for him to get get that honor. Yeah, just a amazing person, amazing representative of Texas Tech University, amazing representative of uh, NFL and a middle linebacker, a position that's kind of disappearing nowadays it feels like but uh when he was there he was uh fantastic and yeah he got he he fit the right era oh yeah yes he played the perfect era for him yes Uh, and he was great at college great in the nfl definitely took way too long um but now his name will be forever cemented in the nfl hall of fame the first of hopefully a few red raiders as uh patrick mahomes seems trending in that direction Uh, Would be shocked if he doesn't end up there in the future. So Zach will have some company. But uh, great to see uh, Red Raider legend get the kind of love and and support that he had this weekend. And seeing those videos and him putting on the jacket was uh, definitely gave me chills. So it was really cool. 
Um, so happy for Zach and happy for, you know, everybody who was a part of his journey uh, to be able to experience that. And so um, cool for him. Wanted to shout him out right quick. Practices have kicked off. We're, uh, I think, on day five. So each day, if you're on on Twitter, the tech football creative team is dropping some fire fire videos to kind of recap that day at camp. So keep your eye out for those. Those have been very entertaining, but practices have indeed kicked off. So football season is getting closer and closer. Pads and helmets are on. Footballs are being thrown and kicked through the air. Uh, Football season is getting closer and closer. Uh, And so as we do every year, we've gone through, we've broken down all the opponents Texas Tech will be facing. Uh, And so now it's our chance to go through the schedule and kind of talk about our worst case, best case scenarios that we can see for Texas Tech in this football season. As always, we try to keep it realistic. We know the absolute worst case would be 0-12 and best case 12-0, but we want to stay on the realistic side here. So we're obviously not just going to be like Tech loses every game. We're going to try to be realistic as we go through these. So we're going to start off uh, on the worst end so we can end off on a positive note. Uh, Worst case scenarios, Dustin, for the upcoming season for the Red Raiders. Let's start off just with the non-con games here, Wyoming, uh, Oregon, and Tarleton. Uh, In your opinion, what would be kind of the worst case scenario for this start of the season? I just don't see how you drop two of these games. Yeah, I think think your floor is still two and one. Like Wyoming and Tarleton should be – Wyoming's not in the bag, but – it should be hovering over the bag that's open with Tarleton State already in it. And I agree. I don't see you dropping Wyoming and Oregon uh, at that same time, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, I don't see us losing to Wyoming, Tarleton State. No, I mean, no chance. There's, there's no <laughs> chance you're going to lose that game. I would say, like, the worst case for me from these three games is, like, Wyoming is closer than you want it to be. It's a game you okay. feel a little bit more pressure, and maybe it's – Remember, good. remember, right after Cliff beat Arizona State in the ball game, we turned around and we f- were feeling good about ourselves. Ended up going eight and five. Davis Webb's the future, and then you started off at UTEP and you barely survived um, beating UTEP. That's kind of yeah. what I think here is like the he, game yeah. where you went went on a last second field goal or by by a touchdown, something that you really really struggle. Um, that would be like yeah, and you had some of those yeah. Cliff Cliff times that. Yeah, multiple. I don't know if this is Wells, but you you struggled with like Sam Houston when they were really, really good in D2, but like you shouldn't have been struggling that much with them and making a game in the fourth quarter. So like, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and so that's kind of that, and then follow that up with like Oregon just kind of handles you at home. You know, that yeah, you got to have a good showing there and like make it a game into the fourth quarter, make them go win it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah coming out bad is. Whew, yeah, that would be my ultimate like worst case is you you struggle but you beat Wyoming but it doesn't look good and it's kind of one of those you're like oh I you know first game jitters and you come out and Oregon just kind of handles you and you're like okay uh, maybe something's off here and you're just kind of trying to figure out if everything's all right but then you get that Tarleton State game and that's why I like the Tarleton State game being right there after Oregon because you can kind of correct some things but that gets you into the first half of Big 12 play for us or the first the start of Big 12 play which is at West Virginia home versus Houston and then you go to Baylor so uh, let's continue on this uh, worst case scenario so we both do think you make it two and one out of this uh, all worst things considered two and one still above 500 as you head into these games. How do you kind of see this next three worst case wise? 
Worst case, you could end up losing Houston and Baylor. I think West Virginia is a pushover for this year. Uh, you should be favored in the West Virginia and the home Houston game. Yeah. And like you always mentioned, Houston never shows up. Yeah. They're not ready for the big leagues, blah, blah, blah. Like, um, I still think you go two and one in this stretch. Worst case, like, worst I think case two scenario, and I still one think is you realistically the Houston. low end. Yes, yeah. agreed. Because even Baylor should be a toss up game, even though it's on the road. Like, it's a 50 50. Yeah. You should be favored in at West Virginia and Houston at home. Yeah. Those are two teams that even when at your worst of worst with Matt Wells, you're still able to be a Neil Brown coached West Virginia <laughs> yes. team. Um, and Houston, same. Like you've been able to just beat Houston and at home, I feel like that trend's going to stay the same. So I still think like worst case scenario wise, you're starting off the season four and two. Um, but I, I do think like if worst worst case scenario wise, you would lose that game to Baylor. Um, and you know, it'd be one of those things like you're trying to get revenge for last year. It's still Joe McGuire and Baylor and, and you're just unable to get the job done. And that's the one, I guess two things on specific games, Houston. I don't want, uh, I don't want them to have a good showing cause they haven't yet. And now they have yeah. Donovan Smith at quarterback. Like I don't want him to go down there and look better than he was here. When he's yeah, coming back here. And they come in and beat us. <laughs> right. So I don't want that. Other thing is the at Baylor game, like you kind of mentioned trying to get revenge. Do they kick our ass again? Yeah. Like, are they like our arch nemesis type deal of like, golly, we just we feel good about this team, but we can't get over this hump and they are just handing us L's yeah. hard. It's like we gotta make that at least a good competitive game into the fourth quarter. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. But I just, the way that you played West Virginia and Houston, I feel good about those. If there's any coaching staff that knows Donovan Smith, it's freaking ours. Sure. So I'm like, that's what makes me still confident about this team. It's like Donovan Smith's playing against us. Our coaches know him. They got to coach him yeah. last year. And I don't necessarily think he's going to be breaking anything out that we haven't really seen from him before. Um, but yeah, Baylor would be my loss there. So I think we both got us going four and two still worst case scenario, but now things kind of start to get tricky here. The next oh, trio yeah. of games, uh, two teams you historically struggle against. You got Kansas state at home at BYU and at TCU and for me or at home versus TCU, uh, on a Thursday nighter. And for me, like worst case scenario is you lose all three of these and you sure. can't get over the hump against Kansas state and TCU as per usual and then you know you have that tough road trip in between there to to you uh byu which isn't going to be an easy road game and so you fall and you lose three straight and then things kind of start to panic from there yeah i totally agree and i mean this is the point in the season you know we have a late bye game so like health might start factoring into these things yeah and yeah depending on how you bounce back from baylor kansas state always hard to play always they're the no big 12 what. champs gonna come in here play a really solid good game and byu is a tough place to go play tcu we know what they did last year like they've kind of had our number recently too mm -hmm. so like this is not a good slate of three games i agree with you it could go on three yeah and that would be scary because you're feeling good. You're four and two heading into that stretch. You lose three straight games. You're four and five. And things don't get super easy from there as you head to Kansas. You got UCF at home. 
and then you got Texas on the road. I, uh, for me, you go worst case one and two down the stretch here. Yeah. Maybe Jalen Daniels has like a crazy game against you. Um, I, I find it hard, but like worst case scenario for me is five and seven this year. Okay. I don't know where my numbers ended up, but like I had six and six. I still think just with what you've put out roster wise and coaching wise, you should be six and six. That last three is kind of hard to figure. Yeah. Kansas is such an X factor. Jalen Daniels and that offense. Yeah. But it should be defense. An X factor too. UCF, we honestly don't know a lot of what we're getting with how much they've had to reload. Yeah. And Texas is going to be really, really good and very hard game down there. So that's hard to pick. I had, yeah, six and six overall, which still gets us a ball game, hopefully, um, at minimum. But again, this all determines on like health, right. quarterback health, especially and offensive line health, because those were the two worst yeah. things we had last year. We somehow still squeezed out eight wins. Yeah, I you think- want to throw on to the worst case scenarios. Um, Tyler Shuck gets hurt early, Baron Morton. Now it's a yeah. That's the thing, though. Is does Baron Morton stay healthy? Because I do think he's really good too. So I don't think we're I fall off a cliff. Um, But offensive line health, I think, is the major major key this year for that type of thing. Um, The kind of going back to like the six and six, and you're five and seven. I this schedule is tough just because the Big Twelve is going to be really hard this year. Yeah, I think there's a lot of unknown this there's year. There's a lot of good teams, not necessarily great. Like, there's a handful of teams that could be great, but we don't know about anybody. Yeah. You know, nobody's great. Every, there's a lot of good, though. And that's the thing. And you mentioned, yeah, there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of unknowns, and there's a lot of teams that if you told me at the end of the year we lost to them, I wouldn't be surprised. And there's a lot of teams that you can tell me we beat them, I'm not going to be surprised. Like, right. That's how I just – a lot of these games, I think, when you're looking up, they look like 50-50 games there, or, or they're about 55-45. Or, or yeah, they're, they're just yeah. so close, razor-thin margins here. And, of course, things will play out, and other teams will have health issues, and you never yeah. know what Kansas is going to look like. You, is Jalen Daniels going to be able to be healthy all season? We don't know. You mentioned that, and I had it written down, and I was doing this pre-recording. Like, I think we're favored, and this is just eyeball test, favored in one, two, three, four, five games, Wyoming, Tarleton, West Virginia, Houston, UCF. And then you got five 50-50 games. Yeah. <laughs> Kansas, Baylor, yeah. Kansas State, BYU, TCU. Those are all 50-50 games. Like, that's a lot of 50-50s in there. It will probably be underdogs at Oregon at home in Texas, but that's, yeah, five 50-50 games is where we're we're probably sitting. But, yeah, I think either of our six and six, five and seven is like a realistic worst-case scenario, and it's obviously going to come with, like, some fan scrutiny. Um, Fans aren't going to be happy if, I think, this year if you win less than seven games. Yeah. but it comes with that the, the territory of Tech hasn't won more than eight games since 2008 in the regular season. So it's like some of me wants to be prepared for that in case it happens because yes. we've been here before. We've been excited before. After Cliff's first year, we're still like, all right, we're going to be all right. And then you won four games. Um, you know, and, and so we've been through this before. I believe in Joey McGuire and my percent chance of this happening is very, very low. Like I do not see us actually going five at seven. It's just if things go wrong, if you can't, stay healthy at quarterback lineman, like you said, 
Um, maybe your defense isn't as good as you thought it was going to be. Um, some of the key pieces that you thought, you know, in the back backfield of the secondary get hurt or stuff like that. You, I could, you know, uh, and like you said, the unknown knowingness of how these big 12 teams are going to perform. Um, um, you know, it's just something that's in play, but ultimately the best case scenario is where I really realistically fall, uh, for this red Raider team. I think the, uh, the possibilities that this team has this season are exciting. I'm really excited for this season to get going. And so let's go back through that schedule. Let's do our best case scenarios. Once again, starting off with the uh, three non-conference games at Wyoming, Oregon, and Tarleton state. So Dustin lead us off there. Yeah. I really think you can go three, no here. Like I mentioned, I don't see us dropping two of these Oregon's the question mark in there. You, like I mentioned, we might be underdogs even at home. I mean, Oregon's ranked 15th, I think, in that AP poll. Yeah. So they're up there. They're bringing back a lot. They have Bo Nix coming back. But I think you can play that game really well, especially for your first home game at night. Yeah. Joey's going to have That's the team be bumping. pumped up. That place is going to be rocking. Game sold out. I think you can, you can pull off a victory, a home upset, whatever you want to call it. I do think you can win that Oregon game and go 3-0 to start. Yeah, and so far under Joey McGuire, you've been very good at home. Uh, one of the things that you maybe have got back now with McGuire is the home field advantage. You yeah. only lost Baylor last year at home. You were able to beat Texas. You are able to beat Oklahoma. Um, so that possibility is is real, and I, I'm with you there. Like a 3-0 start, if you go in and you just like completely take care of Wyoming, I'll be feeling really confident heading into that Oregon game. And, you know, just beating Oregon, it can be a close one. If it's one that you end up winning it by a couple scores, I think like your season trajectory really just changes based off this game. And uh, winning it is uh, definitely a possibility. Uh, I think you match up well against this team. I think, like you said, when we uh, when you reviewed Oregon, it's going to be an offensive shootout and who's going to put up the most points. Um, But yeah, and then obviously you cap that off if you're able to win there you kind of come back down to earth and beat tarleton state and kind of <laughs> steady yourself before conference play gets going yep. um so uh, second half of the first part of the season west virginia on the road again houston at home and at baylor how do you see this playing out best case scenario wise give me another three no yeah give yeah. me another one i mean west virginia houston you should be favored in both of those. We talked about their, you know, inabilities lately. Um, and then you finally get over the Baylor hump, get revenge for last year. And I think that really is Joey McGuire's first, like, really good staple win. Right. Like, not like against a rival or an overtime thing, just a, we're here type, type yeah. thing. That's what I mean by that. And, Beating Baylor, who's a good pro football program now and better than you the last 10, 15 years, is a good, good win. I think you can pull that off and do that at Baylor. Yeah, there's three games on ESPN that have you as the underdog, and this is one of them uh, in that Baylor game. But I'm with you. I think, like we, we talked about, even in our uh, <laughs> worst case scenarios, we still got us beating West Virginia and Houston. None of that changes for me. Uh, Baylor, I think, is definitely the swing point on are you going to be competing for the Big 12 championship to have a place there or are you going to kind of struggle in the second half? And so for me, like, yeah, 3-0 and here, if you beat Baylor, like, 
all systems go like the hype train is going to yeah, be you're, real you're feeling yourself if you get that you're, six and oh going and you beat you're Baylor. probably top 15 maybe looking at top 10 if you get through this first half of the season undefeated um but yeah all these games are winnable i think you are the better team than baylor it's just the fact that it's on the road and can you go into waco and pull this off um and, and then get the train rolling as you head into uh, the tougher half of the schedule second half Kansas state coming to town at byu tcu at home dustin best case scenario I think we drop one of these, but yeah. I still think we go two and one here. I think this is your toughest stretch of three games, even with the bye week in there. Yep. Just because Kansas State's so damn tough. We know what TC did last year. PYU is going to be solid. They're well coached, and it's at their place. So that's going to be tough. So, like, you should have three tough games there. I just think you drop one of them. I don't know which, but – Hell, you're if you're there at eight and one after this stretch going into November, I'm yep. very happy with that still. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you here. I think I think you can beat BYU. I think that'll be um, a tough one. I, I think you split Kansas State or TCU, which I'll be happy with because that means one, you beat a team that you've struggled with over the last decade uh, and finally got right. a win against yeah Kansas State or TCU, which is great. Um, you're able to. Uh, but I, I don't think you're going to beat both of them. Um, for me, I would rather beat TCU here. Um, and so I'm going to go with, all right, you six yeah, and Kansas State beat yeah. you, but you get back on the, you go back to BYU, you win there, and then you come home on a crazy Thursday nighter after uh, the bye, and then you beat TCU, and things are like, all right, cool, here we go. Big 12 championship game back intact. I, I like that take of I want the TCU game more than the other two. Yes. If I had to pick one of them, I agree. Especially like, you know me, like going through schedules, coming off a of bye week. I know TCU has one also, but bye week at home, yeah. TCU the next week, you should win that because of how much preparation you get and being at home. So I agree with you there. Yeah. There's any must wins on my schedule. I, I have to beat TCU this year. I'm like, I can't take losing to TCU I know much it. longer. Uh, we got to get on the right side of this. Um, and so that's a huge one. And then that propels you into the final part of the season. So we both have us at eight and one at this point, best case scenario. You're now on the road at Kansas following that up with your last home game versus UCF. And then on the road at UT for Thanksgiving, Dustin best case finish to the season. Yeah. Call me crazy, but I think we can go three. No here. All right, so you're calling the Texas upset on the I think the Joey McGuire train is going to be hot and rolling and coming in to Kansas and Texas so hot that we can go 3-0 and finish the season 11-1. All right. I think best case I have us 2-1 here. I, I think we beat Kansas, I think, last game at uh, UCF here. I think we'll win. Um and I want to be Texas so bad, I, I, I think they'll get us. But I think that we'll get a rematch in Dallas. But yeah, ten and <laughs> your 10 and 2 sh- should, I think, still get you into the playoff. I don't know with 14 teams now how, how reasonable yeah. that is. I know last year and previous years it definitely would have. But my 11 and 1 definitely gets you in yeah. to that. 10 and 2 gets you knocking on the door pretty damn close. And. I would love and take either of those outcomes. 
yeah, I mean, this is a team that, like we keep saying, hasn't won over eight games, eight games or more in the regular season since 2008. So yep. uh, even to get eight wins is still a accomplishment during the regular season. That is, you know, get that ninth win in the bowl. We'll be happy. Give me nine wins. We'll be happy. But realistically, like I, I'm with you too. I I can see eleven and one. Like when I was going through this, I was like, "Call me crazy," but I can see twelve and zero too. Like I can. There's a path to it yeah. that's more I, realistic. I'm not gonna to put me. my 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 head out yeah. for twelve and zero just because I like I mentioned how difficult and good a lot of the yeah that Big three game are. stretch Kansas State, BYU, and TCU. I I it'd be very hard for uh to get through that. Uh, and like like I mentioned, the health of especially the offensive line is huge, but quarterback health is huge. Our we biggest had a healthy quarterback <laughs> besides health and, you know, in the locker room, training room type stuff on the field, it's the turnovers. Yeah. If we can protect the ball for two or less turnovers a game, we give ourselves such an astronomical chance of winning. If you look at those games last year, like, yeah, the NC State and Baylor game, and I can't remember the other one, but we had like 13 turnovers in those three losses that we got our ass kicked. And the other games we were 9-2 and two in when we had three yeah. or less. So I'm sure that's been a point of emphasis this offseason of, hey, let's not throw as many picks, especially dumb picks that go for pick sixes. And maybe we can get more interceptions this year, which we kind of struggled yeah. with last year, kind of figured it out towards the end of the year, but – Turnover is going to be the biggest key on the field, I think, to make this 11-1 possible. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to start there. you got to be able to keep the ball, um, keep it on your side, and turn the teams over. If you have a positive turnover ratio this year, I think good things are ahead. Yeah. If you struggle in that department again, I think you're going to be more on the 8-7, eight, 8-win eight side of it. I Yo. still think you're going to be able to win some games just because of the talent that you have. Um, but yeah, if you're able to limit turnovers, capitalize on turnovers, um, the outlook for this team is, is great. This is a, a, a schedule that you can navigate, I think. And, um, there's definitely parts that will be a little bit curious to see how we get through it, but I can definitely see us coming out of this conference with 10 plus wins, uh, and competing for a big 12 championship. But I think a lot of people, believe that can happen um i don't know how many people are actually like fully betting on that but um well you mentioned that i was gonna ask the over under for us is seven and a half if you had to put a hundred dollars down on it right now which side are you picking i'll take the over yeah i agree i would take the over too i I think think i will probably place a bet not a hundred dollars worth but i probably will bet on the oh more more not less 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 (laughs) no your boy only bets like in small, small, small increments. <laughs> yeah, I think eight and even nine is really reasonable, and we, we hit that over in the Vegas odds. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, and, you know, a little bit on the Big 12 championship isn't a bad bet either. I think the odds are pretty good for Texas Tech. So Probably. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited about this season. I know we both are. It's as excited as I've been for a football season in – a very long time. Um, and so I, you know, I hope this season lives up to that hype. I hope this team lives up to that hype. I definitely think we have the chance to. And um, one of the things that we will do as we get ready for football season after honeymoon and stuff, we'll dive more into the Texas tech side of things. We've gone through our opponents, we've gone through the schedule. 
Um, but now it's time to turn our focus to Texas Tech. A few weeks of camp will have gone through, so we'll kind of know how some position battles might be playing out. Uh, we'll dive through the offensive, defensive, special team sides of the roster, go through those things as we prep for football season. So uh, excited for all of that. That's all we got for you guys football this week. There's no basketball news, uh, not much baseball news. Uh, so that'll head right into uh, our final shot for the week. What you got, Dustin? Yeah, this has turned into the Dustin covers the Rangers slash Josh Young segment. Yep. And bad news for Texas Tech, Josh Young, the Rangers. He broke his thumb the other day. Yep. And they still kind of don't know. They're going to try to kind of work it out and hope he comes back by the end of the year. If that doesn't happen, he will have to have surgery and his season will be over. Obviously, I think I saw huge. that he is going to have surgery. Hmm. So if he's out for the rest of the year, I think they're going to try to get him back, though. I mean, obviously, he'll try to get back and play. He's great. He's had over 20 home runs this year, which is a great number, especially for a rookie, yeah. all-star third baseman. Rangers are still in first place in the AO West over the Astros with, you know, handful of weeks left in the season. So you're, you're looking at the playoffs down the barrel at least. So being able to get him back would be clutch, but – I hope he recovers well and it doesn't affect his career, obviously, but he can get back for this season. So, best yeah, wishes, it's Josh. just shitty news, man, because no. he's had such a good season. It's yeah. been so fun to watch him, and especially at this part of the season where you're in the postseason stretch and, and getting ready to try to get a World Series ring. And yeah, hopefully, uh, everything goes well on recovery there. That he's your white socks on it. Um, speaking of the White Sox, how about that fight the other night, though? Jim Anderson got knocked out. <laughs> you got, yeah, Jose Ramirez just KO'd him. <laughs> it was a better fight than the fight that we watched that night, the Jake Paul fight. Well, the refs would have said that Tim Anderson won the Jim fight, Anderson probably. <laughs> hit more, had more contact. Um, my final shot will just be some drama on the Texas Tech side of things, uh, ma- ma- basketball side of things. The level 13 has been uh, in the news on Texas Tech Twitter on Red Raider Sports. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar uh, with it. If you are on Twitter, I'm sure you are. Um, if you're on Red Raider Sports, I'm sure you are. But level 13 is an agency that represents uh, basketball, football players that play for Texas Tech University that also play for other universities, some high school kids and stuff like that, uh, led by some Texas Tech fans. Um, but they've recently been in some hot water as a, a guy associated with level 13 went on to Twitter to talk shit about Texas Tech basketball and has been constantly talking shit about Texas Tech basketball and Grant McCaslin and um, everything about us on Twitter. And so, of course, that blows back in your face when you are a Texas Tech uh, supporter and a business and you represent a lot of Texas Tech athletes. And so uh, they tried to fight back and tried to pay a player to uh, post some good yes. things about it. The player uh, acted out uh, very foolishly, a very stupid move by this kid, uh, posted the fo- a screenshot uh, of the text sent instead of uh, just tweeting out the words. So even look more like frauds. I I don't want to talk about these people. Like, I don't want to bash them, but I've always kind of thought that they were using this opportunity to try to look cool and be friends with a bunch of kids, a bunch of athletes, um, take advantage of an opportunity that came about when NIL came into play, Uh, but kind of just showing their true colors. 
Uh, not a good look when you have a dude bashing a school when you work for athletes who might be trying to go to that school. Um, really not a good idea to bash any school when you're in the that that business where you're trying to get athletes into schools and stuff like that. Like you don't want to tarnish or burn a bridge with any of these universities. seems like he has with the basketball program as I think McCaslin has uh, kind of uh, burned that bridge on that relationship. Didn't want them involved uh, anymore. And so maybe this was the out um, lashing out towards that decision. Uh, But I don't know any, do you have any thoughts that you want to say on that or any intrigued by that? Covered it really well. Honestly, I wasn't that intrigued on it. It just, every time I logged into Twitter and refreshed my page, it was just more and more and more. And I was like, yeah, I was, um, yeah, you, you hit it nail on the head of how I feel also. Yeah. The Twitter was interesting, but when my dad pointed me towards the Red Raiders sports, um, thread about it, that's where I got real interesting. Just a bunch of dudes flaming him. Uh, it was pretty fun to read. Mm. <laughs> it was pretty fun. Like, read i didn't read all of the threads it got to like 13 pages long but it was definitely interesting to see what you know a lot of fans thought about what was going on so i don't know something interesting something to keep an eye on and just one of those things it's like hey twitter can be a bad place for uh for you if you if you work uh so watch what you're tweeting uh people out there but any other things you got for us this week dustin no let's get into this wedding this weekend man Let's get to the wedding. That is what's next up on the agenda. We will be back after my honeymoon, after a week out in Central Jamaica to talk some more Texas Tech football to catch everything we're doing here at Tailgate Talks. Go give us a follow. Follow us on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. Give us those five stars. Five stars for the tailgate. And if you listen to us on Apple, kindly leave us a review. Also, follow those social media accounts. Follow us on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. We'll post some photos from the wedding so you can uh, see what's going on there. Uh, give us a follow there. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and forgive that YouTube a sub as we'll be posting videos during the football season. So f- subscribe to that channel. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us this week, talking some more conference realignment, talking Texas Tech football. We can't wait to talk more Texas Tech football on the other side of this wedding. Uh, and as always, we will catch you all at the next tailgate.